Welcome to Noise Podcast with me, Louis, and my co-host, Wu. Today's guest is Dashan Gujira. Hey, Dashan, how are you? Hey, I'm good. Uh, so glad to be here. And you, Wu, how are you doing? I am excellent. I mean, another sunny day in Southern California. Have the <laughs> blinds open this time so I can actually see in my room. It's great. Great. Well, it's another rainy day here, so that's normal for all of us. <laughs> nice, nice. Very polar opposite. Yeah. Darshan, could you just uh, kick us off by introducing yourself briefly? Yeah, sure. So my name is Darshan Gajra, uh, and I'm a product designer and a maker currently based in Mumbai, India. I've been uh, working with uh, startups and larger companies for six plus years now. Uh, for the past two years, I've been a full-time uh, consultant. So that means I work with my clients directly and not working for a company. Yeah, so that's pretty much it. Awesome. The reason There's a really good reason why I've brought you on the podcast today, mainly because we've got three opinions from around the world. So I'm based in the UK, you're in India, and we're in America. Also because you have a history of launching side projects. So what I really wanted to discuss with you, both of you actually, because what you've done a bit yourself is how you launch side projects, what the benefits are, what the negatives are. But secondly, I'd really be interested to discuss the design scene in India and what that's like. So if you're both ready to go, let's dive in. Yeah, sure. Uh, so do you, do you want me to talk about the side projects and then go to the design scene? Yeah, I would, I would love to hear about like some of your projects specifically that you're working on because you have your um your one where you're kind of like sharing with people kind of like uh what what websites that you have that that kind of like helped you build you into like who you are from from what I understand you're probably gonna be able to talk about this a little bit better than me, um but I kind of quickly looked at it and it was super cool you're kind of just sharing these like uh, websites that kind of helped you grow that that kind of like built you into the person that you are that kind of give you all these insights and that's kind of hard to find I think sometimes because I think a lot of people tend to like hoard all their their resources and they don't like to share them you know they they, they feel like these are like you know like hidden little secrets that they found and they don't want to share it with anybody so I think it's great that you're sharing that kind of stuff so I'd, I would love to hear a little bit about you know why you shared that like what started that project like why, why even give that out to people you know when you could just keep that to yourself. Yeah, sure. So I would just like to put that out that uh, uh, Wu is talking about uh, my side project, Product Disrupt. Uh, so I I'm, I'm, I didn't come from a design school. I taught design myself, or I would say internet taught me design. So what I used to do is I always wanted to learn from the best of the best. So I always had these resources that I used to refer. Uh, there are a lot of good people on the internet who write newsletters, they share their case studies, they share their processes. So you can learn a lot, of, a lot from them. Uh, I just put together a list of resources and then, you know, as, as time went on, I kept on curating those resources and people always used to keep on asking me that, how is it that you learn about design or what is it that you do in your day to uh, day job as a designer? Because most of my friends, they were from an engineering background as I myself went to an engineering college. So I thought that, you know, I can just make this list public. I can put, put it out in the open so that even others can refer to this list and they can uh, teach themselves product design. So that is how I got this idea of uh, making product disrupt and I put together a neat website with uh, the newsletters, the blogs, the resources and a few other links so that you can just go there and uh, uh, yeah, look so I, for yourself and learn product. I didn't know that you had an engineering background, but that's really the way, <laughs> the way I think about it now. It feels like you've approached a design problem from an engineering perspective. 
in that you've got this library and you sort of treat a design challenge with these tools as a as a process as opposed to what I personally as a designer do is essentially just mess around until it works. Is that correct? Yeah, so I mean, uh, I, I get this a lot that a lot of people, they don't really know that I come from an engineering background because I didn't put it out there. And uh, and uh, ever since I got my first job at Book My Show, uh, I've always been a designer. I never done uh, development as a full-time job, but when I was in my engineering, I used to uh, take up freelance projects. And that is when I used to also do development. And uh, uh, the current scene, uh, so as of now, I do develop, I, I do, I, I still haven't uh, entirely uh, quit developing, but it's only for my personal projects, like uh, product distributors developed by me. Yes, so that's pretty much it with, uh, that's my development history. So I got a question, uh, with this website, wh- where do you see it kind of going in the future? Do you do you see it kind of living as a static site where it's at right now? Do you think you're going to try to expand it into like a community? Like where is it going to go? Have you even thought about that? Yeah, I'm, I'm so glad you brought up this question. So uh, this, is, I mean, I would say this side project has been entirely uh, driven by the community. I, I never thought of, it, thought of it, you know, I mean, I just wanted to put it out. And when I posted it on uh, Product Hunt, uh, luckily for me, it became the number one product of the day. And uh, a lot of people chipped in with their inputs. They gave me a lot of feedback. And uh, some of them just said that, you know, if there was a newsletter, that they could subscribe to and they could receive the uh, design links, which was curated by me. So that is how I started a newsletter. So I think I, I think it's been uh, one and a half years of product disrupt newsletter. Uh, right now, as a right now, it it's uh, say around one thousand eight hundred subscribers, uh, which is not a big number. But I'm consistently working on it, and I've never failed to send a newsletter. So the product is very dear to me, and uh, so the. the so current state is just a newsletter and uh, I keep on curating uh, articles and generate a few articles on the blog. I host a blog on Medium. And uh, I think once once I reach a certain point of traction, I think I can maybe make it a product where, uh, where it could be a community of designers, developers, product people who could come together and share their opinion, share their feedback. And uh, they could actually uh, collaborate on collaborate on working on a project like if you see there are a lot of uh, websites like dribble and behance but they are mostly focused on visuals i mean you 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 kind of know that you know the kind of comments that you get hey nice colors nice font which is which is not really very helpful let's be let's be <laughs> honest about it. so if there was something where people were very open to it they actually saw what what your problem was uh, they had a, they had the context about it and they actually gave you a valuable feedback that would be useful. So I'm thinking that maybe in the future I could make something like that. Yeah, you mentioned that you had uh, nearly 2,000 subscribers. So I checked out your Medium. I checked out your Twitter. You've got sort of 1,600 uh, 1, followers on Twitter, 1.8 thousand on Medium. Did it originally start as something you wanted to uh, build a massive network or is it essentially something for yourself? And do you think that that is now driving you forward with those numbers? Uh, so, were you talking about uh, the numbers of product disrupt or my own uh, personal Twitter bio and personal ID on Medium? Well, this is, I guess, a different question. What is your persona and what is product disrupt persona? Because as far as I was aware on your Medium, uh, the product disrupt Medium, there was 1.8 thousand followers, unless that's incorrect. Okay. 
So uh, I, I'm not entirely sure if I got your question, but I think I, I would answer from what I understand from your question. So I would say my persona is uh, I, I'm a product designer, so I work for clients, and uh, that is my day job. And at product disturb, it's a completely different thing. Uh, am I but, well, answering that correct? Did okay. Let's let's roll it back a little bit then. Did you did you start the project because you wanted to gain a following, or has the as the following encouraged you to keep it going? Uh, yes, <laughs> now I get it. So I, I didn't really start the project because I wanted to gain a following. I mean, it, it's all a byproduct of what you do. But later on, since it's got the following, and it was not just the numbers, but, uh, you know, you uh, sometimes when I send the newsletter, I get a reply uh, saying that, you know, the product disrupt has helped them a lot. Uh, the links that I've been putting over there, it has been helping uh, helping them really well. And, you know, some of them, they really went ahead and they said that the product disrupt has now become like a Bible for them for design. Uh, whatever they want to refer to, they would always always go there. So that really keeps me uh, uh, that really keeps me motivated, and that is what keeps me going. Great. And do you think that the amount of time you spend on it can have a, a conflict of interest with your gem- general day job? Yeah, that 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 has been a problem lately because I have been putting a lot of my time into writing the blog post and then setting up the newsletter and then again curating it. So I think, and but but I think this is also a long, uh, this is also a long game. Like uh, now, I don't have enough subscribers to get sponsors. But once I reach a particular subscriber number, I can maybe start getting sponsors for the newsletter. Then it would pay for itself, and it would become self-sustaining. So then I wouldn't be, you know, uh, very much uh, skeptical about working on working on it or not. So I think I think the key here is to make a product self-sustainable so that it can keep on working on it. Yeah, that's awesome. So I got a question about how you manage all these side projects. So it, it sounds like a lot of this stuff is pretty time consuming. And and I try to run side projects myself too. And then it's like an eternal struggle to try to figure out how to like organize my day, have a social life, still go to work and like get all these things done when I get home and still have that energy to do it and like continue to do it. Right. Because I'm sure that you like me have like all these projects that, you know, like are in the back burner or maybe like you started and never got finished. Like what's your process like to, to get this stuff done, like stay motivated and like continue working on them? I would say that, uh, I mean, I, I, I would be very dishonest if I say that I don't struggle from this. I do struggle from it. Uh, but what I do is I would just, you know, make a list of uh, things that I'm, uh, things that are going in my mind or things that I want to work in the future. But I would also try to pick on something and, you know, just get to it. It doesn't matter if it's very perfect. Uh, you just have to put it out in the public. And then uh, once you put it out there, you can kind of keep on iterating on it. So I think uh, that has that is something which has helped me. And also I, I, I commit to it. Like, uh, say, if I, if I started a newsletter, I would say that, this this newsletter is going to go out every uh, every 15 days, which is twice a month. Then it has to go out because you mm-hmm. have put it out in the public. Then you cannot, you know, uh, roll back on it. So I think that is that is what would that is what that is something that has been helping me. Do you think? Yeah, that, yeah. Do you think that your it sounds like you beat yourself up a little bit if you would miss it a deadline? Do you think that's yeah. potentially an unhealthy way? that designers look at problems is that, oh, other people will be affected by this, so I have to finish it myself, despite the fact that I might not want to. Do you think that's healthy? Yeah, I mean, so you you, uh, you uh, hit me where it hurts. <laughs> well, I think we all suffer like, yeah. from this. 
I think this is a common problem. I, I have the same issues with projects that I would start and then think, do you know what? I don't really want to do this anymore, but I've started it. So mm-hmm. I'm going to have to finish it regardless of whether I want to or not. Woo, how do you feel about that? Do you think that's something that we enjoy the pain from? Uh, you know, that that's like a mixed bag because like when you finish it, I think it feels really awesome when you don't, it's very, very defeating. Um, it's, it's, it's interesting. I do, I do feel like I sometimes like beat myself up for, for not finishing stuff, but I think also sometimes you just, you have to kill your projects. You have, you have to like really focus because especially with like the, the types of projects that I like to do, they're very like widespread. And what I've done is like recently I've, I've kind of like focused on a single goal and I've, I've taken all the projects that don't focus on that single goal and I've just gotten rid of them. So the yeah. only things that I work on now, so even if it's like a tutorial, if I'm reading about something, it's all focused towards like a very specific goal I have, which is to, to start someday, you know, like a, some sort of weird dojo slash design studio. It's, it's this weird idea in my head, but, but they're all kind of like going towards that goal too. So um, even even if I don't finish projects now, it feels better because I, it's, it's more focused. It feels more like something that, that has like a purpose and has a meaning too. By the sounds of things, it um, seems like you have this I, I process. That, uh, yeah. I wanted to ask that, uh, do you also get emotionally attached to your products? Like when it's, when it's the time to kill, do you hesitate on doing that? Or oh yeah. If- <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, anything you pour your heart into, I think you're gonna, you're gonna have a, like, you should have an emotional attachment to it. If you don't, I'd be worried and you probably shouldn't be doing it, you know, in, in my opinion, you know, I did. Some people say like, don't follow your passion. Don't, you know, whatever, just kind of, I, I don't necessarily subscribe to that. I'm one of those people that I can't stay motivated unless I'm working on something that's I'm, I'm passionate about. There's this whole like wave of people that are like, you know, stop following your passion, just do your thing. And like, I get where they're coming from, but at the same time, it's like, like, I, I think you have to be like emotionally attached to some of your projects, you know, and some of the stuff you do have to kind of like blast through. There's a few things that it's like, you know, I have to learn this tutorial about, you know, like a physical render or something like that, that um, basically um, is, is like just dirty work, right? Like you have to go through and you just have to do it because it's like part of this whole, you know, those kind of projects and like those kind of like to do list items, I guess, like they don't feel as bad to get rid of or do. Does that, does that answer your question? I, yeah, yeah, it does. I think uh, both of you have sort of alluded to the fact that you get this, or you, you have this process of what is this going? what is going to be successful about this project? And in order to make that success, I need to check off these things off my list. Do you think that that's possibly a problem of people who do get burnt out and do fall out of love with these projects is they just haven't defined their own successes at the start? Mm. Yeah, Darshan, you want to go? I would let you take that question. Okay, sure, sure. Um, so your question was, um, do, do, we sorry, need to define us, do we need to define success before we start something? Or do we just Yes, know? yes, yes. Yeah, so personally I do. I, I have like a whole thing set up. I have a whole Kanban board set up. I have uh, specific lanes for projects that I've kind of like thrown out and I kind of give a reason why I threw those projects out. You know, it was like either the scope was too big, whether it was, um, specifically like, uh, just, I did, I wasn't passionate about it, whatever. I have like a whole process set up for, for being able to organize all of my stuff too. Cause otherwise there's no way I would ever finish all these projects like ever, ever. Yeah. Um, 
so I have like a very defined process for, for how I kind of like go through my stuff. Um, but yeah. But you do finish things. So I guess that's what it's working. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I do like, I basically have like, um, I, I set up things like the day before I have like a very specific goal. Like you said, you know, like, do you, do you set up like a goal or anything like that? And I try to do this. It's still kind of in flux for me. So I, I try to set up the things that I want to do the day before. And I kind of write those things down. And recently I've gone from like three things that I want to do to just like a single thing because it feels a little bit more focused. Um, and I tend to kind of like overwork myself and I'll be up until like three in the morning and then I have to wake up at like, you know, like seven o'clock or eight o'clock sometimes. And it's just like, it's not sustainable. You get to that point where you're just like so burnt out and it's just it, it like you can't do it. So I started like trimming it down. I started basically saying like, if I finish one thing today, I'm going to feel good about the day, you know, like even if it was like a work day and I'm just super tired, I still try to like have one thing that I finish. So I do think it's super important to set up like some sort of goal and some sort of process to be able to, to like finish these things, at least for my personality type. And I know that everybody's a little bit different, but I know for me, I have to set it up and I have to be very like specific about like setting up reminders for going and checking the stuff in the morning and setting up reminders for making sure that I finished it at night, setting up, you know, I like have a million reminders. And that's another thing that I changed recently too, is like my phone is very like trimmed. Like Mm -hmm. I don't have notifications for Instagram because I run a bunch of Instagrams. Like one of them just hit like 10K right now, which is not like super crazy, but like I get enough um notifications where it's just like if i were to actually check those every you know like 10 seconds like i would i would just be so distracted so i have to cut those distractions out but that's just my own personal process and kind of how i work yeah just before we wrap this section up i'm just going to hit you dashan with one final question which is a big hit on um should we be starting side projects it seems like there's a lot of negative aspects to what we're doing in both for, uh, for our health for our current careers for our relationships do you do you ultimately think there's a benefit to doing these things i think i think uh, starting working on a side project or starting a side gig is, is the best gift that you can give yourself or to your career because it, it, it's it's not just about you know it's not just about work it's something that you are really passionate about and it, it's, it's also something that you know it's not giving you monetary returns in the beginning but that's something that is, you know, pulling uh, you towards it and you just want to do it. And once you do it, you can obviously then, uh, then it's the time to, you know, uh, see how it's, how it's going, how it's uh, being uh, received by the community or what kind of feedback are you getting on that. And then you can decide whether you want to continue or not. It, it, it's okay if your side project is stupid, but at least you tried something. Uh, like I, I can I can give you so many examples which started as a side project but now have become a billion dollar or million million dollar companies like product uh, product hunt. Yeah. So I think uh, Ryan had started as a newsletter. Uh, he was yeah. just collecting uh, he was just collecting uh, emails and then sending them the products that he was really interested into. He was doing reviews and then slowly he started building building on that and now he has this big community of uh, product people. Uh, I also think uh, uh, Basecamp. Uh, Unsplash. The another another great example is Unsplash. Unsplash is the most uh, most beloved uh, photography community on the internet out there. And uh, they also started as a side project. They just made a few photos and uh, they put it on the website. They were sending uh, those photos on a regular basis uh, to the people who subscribed there. And now it, it has become a big community of photographers. So you you you. You can see the magic for yourself. So I don't see uh, why people have this debate about not starting a side project. 
Toshin, I got a quick question for you too, along the lines of um, the the side projects that you've done. Do you have any stories of people coming to you and being like, "Hey, this like you know changed me in this way, or this inspired me in this way"? Like, what what are some of like your favorite stories? Maybe if if you do have any of people yeah, just coming sure. to you about your products. So so I, I have this uh, one thing about you know testimonials or uh, feedback or you know kind words about uh, or praise about something from the people it really helps me and really keeps me motivated so whenever i receive that i just take a screenshot of it and i call mm -hmm. it uh, the screenshot project and it's <laughs> there in a folder on my phone so whenever i feel demotivated i just look over look over it and i find a lot of a uh, lot of motivation just right there and uh, i would say a few stories like th this one story which i have mentioned earlier this one guy uh, whenever he talks about product disrupt or he he reached out to me on messenger and he said that you know uh, product disrupt has become the bible of design for me whenever i want to refer to something i would always go on product disrupt and then this guy went on to become a good designer at a good company here in india now he he obviously has some influence now uh, he, he has also been taking some speaker sessions and workshops and all in all in his workshops and speaker sessions it mentions uh, product disrupt and that is how a, a lot of other people come got uh, get to know about this product and uh, this is just one story there are other people as well who have reached out to me just because of product disrupt uh, i had done this one uh, podcast in say uh, a month ago uh, which was uh, with the face community uh, Daniel, he also reached out to me because he wanted to, uh, you know, do a podcast discussing product disrupt. So it, it, it has taken me a lot of, uh, it, it has given me a lot, a uh, lot of what I had not expected. And uh, just to, just to, you know, uh, like uh, people say that you cannot put a monetary value to it. So when I had launched it, I, I think that's the, that's my cat. So she <laughs> some, I think. She Sounds like a demon time. in the background. <laughs> yeah. I'm I'm so sorry about that. That's <laughs> no, fine. That's okay. Please carry on. Yeah. So, ambiance. <laughs> I was talking about the monetary value, attaching a monetary value to it. So when I launched it on Product Hunt the next day, I had this uh, I had this uh, guy from Hyderabad uh, reaching out to me. He wanted uh, me to work on his Android uh, Android project. So they were making this application. It was a social, it was a very mainstream application, uh, social sharing where you have GIFs and uh, audios and you can share it on social platforms like WhatsApp, Instagram, and Facebook. So I just, you know, I, I took like 14 or 15 days to work on that because it was mainstream. It, I didn't really have to put much efforts into it. And uh, it, it, it made me a good amount of money. So you can directly attach monetary value to it. Yeah. Maybe this is a good opportunity for us to move into part two. Uh, in this section, I'd like to discuss, kind of discuss Silicon Valley because there's so much hyperbole about how designers should be in the Silicon Valley, should be in California designing because that's where everybody is and that's where the biggest companies work. And as a designer, you want to be the best. And in order to be the best, you need to be firstly in America and secondly in California. And because you're in India yeah. and because I'm in the UK and uh, woo, you're obviously over that side of the world, but you can give us a little bit of insight into that. I'd like to just have a little bit of a discussion. I wasn't always. What, you weren't always there. That's true. Um, so firstly, I'd just like to ask you both, I guess, is do we do we put too much pressure on ourselves to work for big companies? Uh, would, you, would you like to go first? Sure, sure. So I, I have actually a very strong opinion about this because I started out in Michigan, which is basically in the middle of nowhere. 
Um, and that's that, that was the consensus that a lot of people had was that, you know, you have to be out in California, that you have to be out in some big city where, you know, like all this action is happening. And that is 100 percent not true because I was we were basically working on Apple projects. We like redid all their internal tools. We did uh, their their front facing store on the iPad. We did all these like great projects and we were working like basically with the Apple team to to work on these like massive projects and we were in michigan we were in this small little town you know in michigan in the middle of nowhere surrounded by farms working on these projects right. so i i absolutely don't think that that that's true and 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 i'm sure there's so many examples of this too i think that it's it is easier I, it's absolutely easier it's gotten easier when i moved out here to like be able to find jobs because you you know a lot of your jobs come through networking it comes through knowing people but if you have other ways of being able to do that and like we live in like such a connected world right now that i don't think that you you have to be around those people you know it's it's easier yeah but is it necessary probably not I, I so I so much agree to this, uh, and I mean you can see this with remote work. Remote is now becoming the future of the work, and uh, because of all this technology, we don't really have to be in those you know privileged cities, or we don't have to be those privileged people. We are connected, and we can yeah. work on a lot of interesting projects as well. Yeah, but you have to have those projects to be able to like help push you, right? So so like there there has to be some sort of parade. That you're getting behind right that's the best advice that i've ever gotten was get behind a parade that's already going so it's if if you don't have the means to be able to like find these people that that are doing these jobs like create a product like product disrupt or you know uh, another newsletter or write a blog or something that can kind of like reach people that people will come to you because they're going to see you as an expert and they're going to want to be able to hire you because you're really good at what you do for you know like whatever niche thing that you do and and i've seen this in my own personal projects where i've started instagrams i've started like you know side little projects that that brought in some of the best clients that i've ever had in my entire life so like if if you're out in the middle of nowhere like you you can still do it you just i think the key is being able to have something that kind of um, helps you get out into the world. Like it's not just going to happen. Some people think that, you know, like, oh, you can just go freelance and go to some website that like farms out work and you're just magically going to get work. Like, nope, I've tried that. I did that for like three months and I was very poor. And I, I can tell you that yeah. it does not work. <laughs> like absolutely does not work, especially if you're living in Southern California where it's very expensive. But um, you have to have convinced that you have to have a lot of the project kind of going and you have to have people like looking at your work it's it's i mean it makes sense right like who's going to hire you if they've never heard of you or they don't you're not proving yourself that you know you have this knowledge or you have um these means to be able to do the project that they want you to do i absolutely agree yeah so my my issue with this really is that as i try and ponder my future whether it's in London or not, somewhere else, is that I honestly have no idea where to look for these jobs. It seems as if everything that we know about where to be is always focused in uh, the the main cities in the country. Darshan, do you think that's the same in India as well? Because you've obviously got your own Silicon Valley in India, where most people go if they're working in tech. But do you think there's the other hubs around the country that people would feel comfortable moving to? Yeah, I think uh, so. You, Bangalore is called as the uh, Silicon Valley of India, and there are most of the tech uh, tech companies over there. And there are also a lot of other companies in uh, Mumbai, Pune. So there are all metropolitan areas here in uh, India. 
but i think it's slowly going away like uh, I, i would always i would say that you know when you have to get a start uh, it's important for you to you know get an exposure over there or uh, just work in that industry or just get a feeling of it and then later on once you figure out that you know uh, how this entire industry works uh, how do you maintain client relation and once you understand the business of design you can then move to wherever you want you just need good internet uh, a proper computer and you can just start working and you already by this time you already built your contacts so i would say it's very important to go to these places in the beginning just get an exposure and then later on it's not a problem on that point i think that there's what both of you have said is i can completely agree with the issue is that it's it's about everything else other than being a designer isn't it it's about being a marketer it's being about being a salesperson for yourself and where do you yeah. go to learn these yep. skills where do we people go to find this out it's just that <laughs> youtube <laughs> sounds like an opportunity Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> you, you can pretty much do you can pretty much refer to whatever you want like if you're a video person go to youtube if you want to if you like reading just go to medium <laughs> there are a lot of other places because there's obviously yeah, a massive jump a... yeah yeah being fully employed in a city somewhere and then saying hey you know what i'm going to move to a small town and i'll get clients and it's going to happen and then you realize that yeah. it's not really not that easy one one example of somebody that i think is absolutely like like the pinnacle of like hard work and just putting yourself out there is people he's in the middle of nowhere not surrounded by like anybody and i don't know if you guys know who he is but he's he's the guy that basically started every days so he's been doing every days for something like 10 years straight has not missed a single day even if he's in the middle of a forest camping he still gets his every days out somehow this guy's a beast but like he's he's basically in the middle of nowhere he his cost of living is super low because he's not in a big city and he's just put so much work out there that like he can just go and do these passion projects every single day and he kind of just lives his life the way he wants to because his cost of living is so low and so many people are like now trying to get him to work for them because he's put out so much work he's just like such like a a master thesis on like working your butt off to to basically gear your work out into the world and he's in the middle of nowhere i personally like if i didn't love la and california so much like i wouldn't be in this area like it's it's so expensive and ridiculously like overwhelming sometimes with traffic and all this stuff like there's there's a lot of good about it but there's also yeah. like a lot of negative you know it's like when half your your paycheck goes to your rent like yeah. you start like reevaluating where you're living you know but if you're like in these small towns and you still like you have that momentum mm-hmm. like pff, why not like absolutely do it do you think yeah. that that can encroach on our aspirations though because we, we we all are told that we you know as I, as i started saying is that we should all, we're all told we should be going to work for google or going to work for facebook or twitter or whatever but the reality is we don't need to do that to be happy you know what I, i've worked with a lot of those people i've worked with people from google like pretty directly and like high up i've worked with people with apple and like gm like all the the big companies and those people they're they're normal people they're like you and me they're not geniuses they're not these people that are like put up on these pedestals like they they really aren't like superhuman like i think we kind of build them up as like these people that have all the answers that yeah. nope when you work with them you realize that like they don't have as many answers as you do like it's absolute like even starting out when i was like first doing this stuff and like had no idea what even like wireframes were you know people had explained that stuff to me and 
I was like, I was very surprised with like how normal these people were. And it, and it makes sense. You know, there's, there's a few people that are like the exception, right? Like you get the people that are kind of like leading, leading the companies that are kind of like the higher ups. Those, those people are, are a little bit special and they like, once you get those people, definitely keep those people around. But like most everybody else, like it's like, you don't even interact with those people that are higher ups. They're the ones that just make the decisions and they kind of just cascade down to you. So you don't, most of the time you don't even work with them. But so I, I do think that it's, it's, it's good to kind of like taste that and to kind of like be around it a little bit, but I don't like, they're just normal people. Honestly, I don't, I don't think that's a, it's necessary. How about you, Dashan? Cause you're obviously a consultant, so you don't necessarily have to deal with offices or do you work from home? Yeah, I do work from home. Yeah, so and you work from home as well. Yeah. Just, do you have, do you miss working in office? Do you ultimately want to go back and run your own company that has, you know, a dozen employees, that kind of thing? Or are you happy sort of going as you are? So I, I would say that I don't really miss working in an office, but I miss working around people. Uh, like sometimes, uh, sometimes I feel that, you know, for, for say five days of week, it's just me making love to my computer. And, uh, <laughs> and because of that, I make, uh, I keep my weekends for friends and getting out and meeting real people. Uh, so, so that is one thing that, you know, sometimes you get, uh, you, you do feel lonely and I think, uh, that you can, uh, that you can, you can get rid of that problem by just working from a co-working space or going to a coffee shop, you know, something like that. Uh, apart from that, I don't really miss offices. And, uh, the other question was that, uh, do I intend on building a company which would, I would then start employing people? I would say, uh, I don't, I don't really have those immediate plans as in, uh, uh, what I'm, what I, what, what my current priorities are, I'm definitely looking to, you know, move outside of India for say two or three years because I want to work uh, outside and get that exposure. And I mean, I've been working with people who are from outside of India, but I've not stayed there. And the other thing is, I also, I'm also very much into traveling. So this uh, bug of traveling has bit me really bad. And uh, if 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 I get get to go outside of India, then me, then I can travel to a lot of uh, new places. So these are two things that I'm trying to do. And uh, while I'm at it, I can still keep on working, keep on building on Product Disrupt and keep growing it. Later on, who knows if I can uh, make it into a company. By the way, I've, I have registered uh, a company name for it. Like I have registered a parent company and I've made Product Disrupt as a child, uh, as a product of it. So, so you're, that's, that's a- you're building your own umbrella company uh, <laughs> mega system. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, just, I just, uh, it's very easy to register a company here in India. Yeah. So I just went and entered it. And where, out of interest, where do you want to go to live outside of India? So my first priority is uh, Australia. But if that doesn't happen, then it's Europe. Uh, I'm not very fascinated. I mean, growing up, I, I was always so much fascinated about US. But after this all uh, immigrants thing and, you know, Trump becoming the president and people, you know, just, uh, I mean, the, I, I don't understand why do they hate immigration so much. And then it, I just lost all the interest out of U.S. I can, I would definitely want to go there uh, for a vacation or to just yeah. travel, but I don't think that I can make it a place where uh, I, I can, I don't, I cannot think of it as a place where I can settle down and work. Yeah. And do, do you have ambitions of doing this traveling within about the next year, next six months? Yeah, so I, I have been uh, 
getting in touch uh, with a few companies and uh, clearing some rounds but uh, for for some i mean for some companies you get straight away rejection they don't even reply to your email then for some companies they take you uh and they, they you have a few rounds and then some things don't work out and uh, and and there was also this one company where i had uh, cleared off everything but the visa i didn't get the visa and i don't know what was the strange reason uh, so that also went off so i've been facing a lot of difficulties in this i'm very much hopeful that it might happen in the coming 6 months let's hope so keep our finger keep our fingers crossed yeah uh, you should definitely check australia out i just came back from living there for 18 months and had the best time so i think you would uh, uh, i i think you, you, you must have gone there on a working holiday visa right i started there yeah and then i got sponsored so that's what your ultimate goal is yeah but that's so that's the problem with us indians we don't get that uh, privilege of working holiday visa so if you want to go there we have to get a full time job from you and then yeah. uh, get sponsored by that company and then go there so that's yeah. uh, you know pain in the ass How about you, Wu? Do you have any ambitions of moving anywhere else before you start your dojo? Yeah, I I honestly feel like I'm probably going to stay in the area. I I don't know where exactly in the LA area I want to kind of like plant my roots, but it's just I've I've fallen in love with with LA. It's 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 really hard to leave once you're like here because like the weather is just like always perfect. Like even in winter, it's like still feels like summer. and it's i mean it's very easy to like make connections and stuff out here i know i said it earlier like you don't really need to be in areas like this but like once you're here it, it makes it a little bit easier i don't think that it's absolutely necessary um but it, especially with like martial arts and stuff like that too if you're if you're trying to start something like that like the the population density is just so high here it's like almost impossible to fail so yeah. things like that i don't i don't think that would ever i'd probably live other places just for like maybe like a short sprint like maybe for like a year or two like i've i've thought about moving back to um like poland for a little bit because my mom just moved back there or she just bought a house out there so it'd be fun to just kind of you know live there for like 6 months or something and then come back here and then maybe live in a different place and so i've i've talked to that uh talked to my girlfriend about that before and she's she's actually really excited about that too so uh that might be a possibility but i mean it really depends on you know like life circumstances and kind of like where life leads me yeah sounds fun i just thought to wrap this section up by asking you both what advice you'd have to people who do think that you need to be in silicon valley and how they can navigate that as a as a human really and as a designer i'll let you go first so you always this silicon valley thing what advice would you have to people to say that they really don't need to move to big cities to to have a successful design career yeah okay So I would, I would say uh, that's just one advice which I which I've been living my life uh, uh, I've been abiding my life to is uh, consistency outplays talent. So if you start something and if you're really consistent at it, uh, you would definitely uh, you definitely get where you intended where you intended to. Uh, it's like you know people with talent they can obviously get a head start, but then late, later on it's just uh, it's just a matter of consistency. If you keep on putting the hard work, you would definitely get what you want. What you want. Mm-hmm. So just keep on doing, keep on believing in yourself, and keep on putting out the work out there. Yeah, I think that's so incredibly important to just be consistent over like it, even like the thing I was talking about earlier. Like don't overburden yourself just make it realistic make the goals like achievable and just like keep pushing through and i think to add on top of your point um i think that 
not only pushing through, but I think modeling yourself after somebody that's already successful in the space, just taking somebody and and doing what like the masters did back in the day, right? Like Da Vinci didn't learn to just paint magically. Like he sat there and he put the work in and he was studying under a lot of the masters and he was mimicking what they were doing. Same with like Picasso, all these guys, like they all did like master studies. Picasso had like a rose period and this period where he was doing very realistic paintings before he kind of did like his cool abstract stuff, right? So they kind of modeled themselves after people that were already successful. So I think that's that's something that's super important. Like find somebody that you really respect, take them apart and literally just copy what they're doing. Not not in the sense that you're copying their work, but copy like try to figure out like how do they work? Do they use like uh, a certain tool to kind of organize their day? Do they exercise do they like what what are the things that they do and like you'll find the things that work for you and the things that don't work for you because everybody's a little bit different but i think that taking somebody that's already successful and modeling them is like such like a great shortcut to getting to where you want to be that it's just like man i feel like everybody should do it it's some really great advice there guys i'd like to just wrap the pot up there and say thank you both for coming on and had a really interesting chat so thank you darshan and thank you Wu. uh finally darshan happy diwali to you yeah, happy Diwali. And uh, and happy new year as well. It's Hindi new, Hindi new Year. Thank you so much for having me. See ya. All right. Thanks so much for listening, guys. I hope you enjoyed that one. We just wanted to ask you one quick favor. We work crazy hard to bring the guests on and all the work that goes with it. We only ask you two things. The first one, if you aren't already subscribed, please hit that subscribe button. Whatever platform you're using, we're pretty much on all the platforms. And second, is to just share it with somebody you think would enjoy it. That's all. It would mean so much to us. Thanks, everybody. Peace.